Is that a big baller brand cap you're wearing, Jared? Regular carrot top on a podcast, bringing up props. Carrot top. That hurts me. Uh, Is he still alive? (laughs) I asked that in seriousness. It just seems like someone that would have uh, overdosed or something like that. Just Didn't that midget from uh, Austin Powers, didn't he die? Yeah, Vern Troyer's dead, yeah. Yeah, see, they kind of similar to me. Like, they just... Z-list celebrities and carrot top. The scotch on the rocks, please. Any scotch will do, as long as it's not a blend, of course. Uh, single malt, Glenlivet, Glenfiddich, perhaps, maybe a Glengowrie, any Glen. I'm drunk. I'm thirsty. I want a beer. What about you? You want a beer? Just a drink. A martini. Shaken, not stirred. Hey, Jared. Yes, sir. Do you know what this uh, previous weekend was? What, what was this previous weekend? The 25-year anniversary of Jack Nicholson as a werewolf. And it seems like this great nation has totally <laughs> forgotten about this event in our cinematic lives. It, uh, it should be a holiday, not to give too much away before the uh, opinions on the film go, but yeah. Going back to June 17th, 1994, opening weekend, Wolf uh, was the mainstream release, opened at number one to $17 million on over 2,000 screens. Uh, there was three new releases, and for this opening weekend, the forgotten film wouldn't have been so forgotten uh, because The Lion King opened on two screens, and just on two screens grossed $1.5 million. <laughs> so I thought we'd probably skip that because uh, that doesn't really count. <laughs> so we're going to go with what came in second place out of three for the new releases, Macaulay Culkin and Ted Danson in the classic father-son comedy Getting Even with Dad opened to $5.5 million on just under 2,000 screens, so it was the other big wide release. When I thought of this pairing, I thought of our good friend Josh, Jared, (laughs) because I'm like, wolf, kind of kinky, kind of sexual. Josh is hairy. Josh, I did at one point. In our college days, call him Brother Bear. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe that uh, that film fits more with the family style comedies uh, you know, that we see. Poor Ted Danson uh, in, and I thought of Josh with getting in with Dad too, just because I don't know. There's just something off about Josh. <laughs> <laughs> there's like a sickness. <laughs> Father, I thought I would, would enjoy watching Funko this Pops. one. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong, Josh. Tell me I'm wrong that you didn't. In a sick way, enjoy watching Getting Even with Dad as a grown man. Uh, you can't. <laughs> no, <Nope>. too late. <laughs> Why is that, Josh? <laughs> I can't really put it into words. <laughs> when I watch this movie, I think of you and think that you're getting pleasure out of it. Because <laughs> another spoiler alert, it's not good. and It's not funny. <laughs> This afternoon, two armed guards were robbed of one and a half million dollars in rare coins. Ray Gleason just committed the perfect crime, but it took just one small thing... Hi, Dad. ...to screw it all up. Dad? 
a visit from his son. Because after a lifetime of being ignored... I'm stuck with him. He's just a kid. There's no way he's going to find anything out here. Timmy isn't getting mad. They're gone. Uh, excuse me, guys. He's getting even. I think we better talk. Giants game, the aquarium, the museum. What? what? You, you want to go to these places? And I want you to take me. I want you to pretend you like having me around for the week. If you do a real good job, Dad, I'll tell you where the coins are. I can't believe this. We're being blackmailed by an 11-year-old kid. So the coins, Tim, where are the coins? Wouldn't you like to know? It's a week they'll never forget. You guys better get your sleep. I'm looking for the coins. Got another big day tomorrow. A week his partners may live to regret. And a case one lady cop. I think that the boy knows where the coins are. Got a boyfriend. May not be able to resist. You're supposed to tail the suspect, not date him. For all the birthdays, I missed him. MGM Pictures presents the story of a dad who's about to discover. Don't do the crime. You guys look a little stressed. You're not wussing out, are you? What are you kidding? Not, we, we could go all day. If you can't do the time. Macaulay Culkin. This one of yours? Ooh la la. Ted Danson. I'll race you to the corner. No, no, wait. Okay, go. <laughs> Getting even with Dad. I guess your family was dysfunctional, too. That's what we are. You and me, we're dysfunctional. You've been watching way too much Oprah. Well, I'll attribute some of it to uh, Ted Danson's bodacious ponytail Oh my god! Slash wig thing that he's already wearing a wig for yeah. like a very thick full head of hair, and then mm-hmm. it's like they just add a separate wig that's a ponytail, onto like a little it. clip on to the mm-hmm. back. Oh man, that thing! There's a scene where he actually like uh, has the ponytail undone and it's in its full glory. Just uh, I think he's wearing a wife beater in that scene too. It's like his <laughs> most like yeah. badass moment in the film. <laughs> Got a pretty broad, uh, I guess, New York accent like blue mm-hmm. collar or i guess slightly criminal for a ted danson jared what's uh, what is the premise of our forgotten film i don't even think we need to have a premise uh explanation for wolf <laughs> jack nicholson <laughs> is wolf <laughs> you get it <laughs> we'll get into the weeds and details later on that one but getting in with that explain that to our listeners what is this forgotten film god so ted danson and his cronies are planning a heist of various assorted valuable quarters and nickels and dimes worth some some old lady's uh, coin collection worth about a million and a half dollars. He makes a point that he's not stealing it from a person, but... He's Robin Hood. What, the government has taken possession of this? Yeah. I guess she didn't have anyone, no, like any heirs? No heirs, so the government is going to get the money. So, hey, really, I mean, it's not taken from nobody but the governments. And what's he want to do with that money, Jared? He wants to buy a bakery. <laughs> That's such that a nice. such a weird concept. <laughs> <laughs> I like piping icing on cakes, kid. <laughs> yeah, again, I thought of Josh for some reason. I'm like, man, he's Josh gonna like loves this. this. <laughs> 
<laughs> I love this splashing. weird angle splashing on cakes. <laughs> I have no comment. <laughs> because you can't tell me that I'm wrong. <laughs> but the uh, the fly in the ointment is Macaulay Culkin comes in to his Ted dancing son. He gets wind of the caper, uh, steals the coins, and leverages it for a weekend of uh, kitty-like fun of going to baseball games and aquariums and such. Let me stop you there. Uh, I'll say one nice thing about this movie. I kind of like... <laughs> maybe not the setup, but just fairly ridiculous but what the kid asks for i like that none of his demands are ridiculous take me to the aquarium let's go to a baseball game uh let's hang out and ride roller coasters fairly easy if you want your money back it's not exactly oceans 11 <laughs> like you know bending over backwards to please this child and uh the the worst part about it is you have these two supporting characters like uh, ted danson's uh, lackeys who mm -hmm. i guess are along just for pratfalls uh, they they let Ted Danson do, I guess, pretty much exclusively the sentimental business. And then we have Short Man and Fat Man <laughs> that are there to be picked on. Uh, Josh, were they, are they like trying to ride that wave of Home Alone where this is supposed yeah. to be like the yeah. stand in for Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern? And they are not. No. Let's just state no. that clearly. They do not have those gifts of comedy. They they certainly try to uh, get in a couple of like, um pain or gross out gags where they hurt themselves or they're in dumpsters or what he have dropped you. chili on his tie again <laughs> that, that fat man did know how to dress very well right, but the, very it sharp. is only used as a visual gag to watch him spill ice cream on himself or baked beans <laughs> going back to the splashing stuff that i know josh likes so much <laughs> terrible. <laughs> terrible i think right here is where i'm gonna drop in a clip on what splashing is. <laughs> That's sort of a form yeah, try to find of, that HBO of, special. <laughs> that is a formative uh, experience for the three of us and our friendship together, is that we all discovered that at the same time by accident. Uh, well, I really hope that you explain a little bit further, because if you just stop there, that sounds really bad. No, no, no. The, uh, <laughs> well, actually, that may be giving us more credit that we were like participating in it. <laughs> It was more like a drive-by no. shooting of like here's a here's a kink that Sitting you young men don't know about eating McDonald's. Like what the fuck is? <laughs> We'd come back from a, a concert and we're like, ah, just put it on HBO. There'll probably be a movie, and we're eating, and I don't even think we're paying attention. And it was a uh, yeah, what was it? One, like, HBO, especially like in the uh, late '90s, early 2000s, would run those like especially at late night. Yeah. They're it's like their version of porn, but it was educational, and that's how they got away with like, it, nudity. Yeah, it was like it was like a, re a reality show because they were like talking to like real people who were like in these. But they still want stuff. to show naked people. Oh yeah, like, yeah, they sex, show but it, it's not but porn. It's no, educational. Porn. <laughs> but you still see like butt cheeks next to like baked beans in like a kitty pool. <laughs> it's so weird. Time now to cheer ourselves up, and what better way to do that than to head back to the UK and smear our genitals in cream cakes? It's often said there's a link between food and sex. For some, oysters are an aphrodisiac. For me, those cakes would definitely get it. Little strawberry bastards. But there are some people who like to get sexy with food. Welcome to Sploshin'. As you can guess from the name, it's a fetish where people are aroused by having food chucked all over them. To find out more, Meryl Fernandez is meeting Mistress Megara. 
a dominatrix and expert splosher who dishes out other forms of bondage and humiliation to around 10 clients a week from the discomfort of her custom-built dungeon in Glasgow. She is not a woman to be trifled with. So anyway, that, that clip will go well with our getting even with that episode. <laughs> That's just you know, a roundabout way of saying it could have been far worse for Ted Danson and cronies if Macaulay Culkin was a child who'd been exposed to such things. <laughs> uh, other than like where my mind went, and I guess I try to get in the headspace of my good buddy Josh, this movie is a struggle to get through. So Josh, as a father... Is, is this something now, could you could you show your kids and expect them to be entertained by what was, I assume at the time in 1994, aimed at Home Alone fans? Well, so, I actually, I don't know if either of you, have either of you seen this before? First, no. First time. Hadn't had the pleasure. So, I, I watched it when it came out. I mean, when it came out on video. So, I, I mean, I was a child when I first saw it. Kind of riding that, like, oh, it's Home Alone wave, you know, which is, I'm sure, what they were trying to cash in on. Um... I, I guess anytime I'm watching uh, movies for whether it be a family movie or for young kids, especially now because I have kids, I guess I, I automatically start thinking about it like what does it look like through their eyes versus just what do I think about it because, you know, there's going to be a lot of that type of stuff that it's not going to necessarily entertain me, but it might speak to kids or whatever, but... Uh, and as popular as Ted Danson was then, I really <laughs> doubt the Cheers audience was showing up opening weekend for this. I think this was really aimed at kids or the I Nickelodeon don't know. crowd. You might would be a little bit wrong. Maybe not solely because of Ted Danson, but oh, those poor bastards. Well, no. What I, what I was going to say is that between yes, I mean Cheers was a big deal. That was like NBC's Seinfeld before they got Seinfeld, and then right. you had Macaulay Culkin, which was you know short-lived but it was like the biggest thing going for like getting you know young people watching you know the movies and stuff so i don't know i don't know i guess we haven't discussed the numbers of you know how well it did yeah go ahead um, just for getting even with the dad what did it end up doing domestically and what was the rotten tomato score Getting Even with Dad had a astounding 3% from the critics 25% from the audience Hold on, is that a new record on this show? It had 30 reviews, so one out of 30, if my math is correct. Uh, Did we not like, have a one percenter? I thought we I had. Don't, I don't remember. I don't think so. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to state this, so maybe this is unhip. I don't think it's that bad. No, I, I, don't, I don't either. I, I'm not saying it's a good movie, but like, I don't know, it's sitting there watching it. I mean, it's not it's, like egregious. No, it didn't offend my senses, not in terms of like... Formulaic, it, maybe, but... Yeah, and even then, it probably wasn't as formulaic early 90s as what it is now. I mean, it was something that was trotted out all the time, especially throughout the 90s. But, uh, you know, I give it credit for, like, not being... There, there's times where it's overly cheesy, but the whole movie isn't. I mean, you, if you go to a, a movie now, like today, that's not animated, but it's aimed towards kids or... Um, possibly considered a family movie you're getting like hannah montana like disney like weird just stupid cheesy stuff you know something that as an adult you're not going to tolerate at all and i mean this still has like a a thought out plot and the the you know the the characters don't refrain from acting like what i mean it's a pg movie but like 
Ted Danson and the guys go to a strip joint. I mean, they don't show actual stripping, but eh, they don't. Most shy, movies don't really. No, but yeah. they don't shy away from like <laughs> this is where these characters would go and this is what they would do. Like and, the dancing calls this kid a screw up for him trying to <laughs> hit on two women, like uh, like jogging in a park. He's trying to recruit them, play two on two with his son, and <laughs> when it obviously doesn't work. He basically calls his son a dork. Like, you don't want to talk to chicks. What's wrong with you? There, There is a romance subplot, which kind of comes, it kind of comes in the third act where mm-hmm. the movie shifts gears. Uh, I don't know how effective that is. The only thing, and I guess spoiler alert for getting even with that. I assure you that is the first time that's ever been said on a podcast. <laughs> but Macaulay Culkin's character, we introduced to him, uh, uh, annoying a, a bald man, Jared. I know that that might have offended your sensibility. Triggered immediately. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, hated this child. Uh, with his video camera, he like records everything. And mm. for most movies, it's like, oh, he's recording fun stuff that he's making his dad do with him. Isn't that kind of <laughs> sweet? I guess <laughs> it's bittersweet that he's forcing his dad into that to making memories. <laughs> but on the tapes, he goes back to the <laughs> goes back to the tape and sees this woman that's come into his dad's life, and he realizes that she's been following them. <laughs> that was weird, but also kind of cool and scary that this kid realized they're being stalked by this woman he, that he thinks is just, you know, kind and a good influence on his criminal father. But Josh, I will, I, I will disagree with you. I, I think, I mean, you said you watched as a kid, but I, I guess it didn't fall into classic territory for you. For long stretches, I just thought, uh, to use a sports analogy, it's just kind of a tweener where it's like, it's not funny enough, I think, or maybe, uh, over the top enough to entertain kids. And obviously it's still trying to retain a little bit of that sentimentality that maybe, maybe is like crossing line for adult sensibilities. Like, and I kind of say that in defense of the film, that it doesn't go for as many over the top gags as what it does. I mean, other than the two sidekicks, they don't really try to make Macaulay Culkin too funny or too silly or even Ted Danson. It almost works better as like a, almost like a family drama but it's just not too heavy. You know, it's, there's mm-hmm. just enough elements there to kind of, you know, if you're super sentimental, maybe get a little misty eyed or, or whatever, but it's not, um, because there's some of the stuff, I mean, you were kind of joking about the fact that the kid doesn't have like extravagant wishes. He's just asking for like, being taken to a ball game. That's <laughs> kind of sad. It's like, I'm holding, worse. I'm holding a million and a half, <laughs> one and a half million dollars over your head. And all I want is for you to pay me a little bit of attention, please. Just take me to a baseball yeah, game. Yeah, take Dad. me to a ball game. Let me see some there's fish. There's a moment the where... Dancing is making fun of his son yet again for not knowing how to uh, cast a line and fishing. It's like, no way you're going to teach that. And he's like, no, my dad was a prison. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's some zingers in there. It's Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying like it shouldn't. Because you're right. I watched it when I was young. I've always remembered it, but I've never went on my way to watch it again. Or it's not, I didn't even go out of my way to try to get my kids to watch it or anything. So it's not. I thought a you were going to say I didn't watch it again for this podcast. I was like, man, <laughs> twenty five <laughs> years I got it. <laughs> I knew I'd talk about it one day. <laughs> <laughs> but like, like we said, it seemed like it got panned pretty bad, and I just don't see that. I mean, it, it's not it's not atrocious by any means. And what did it end up making, Jared? Did you ever say that or did I miss uh, that? not yet? Uh, it made. Eighteen point nine million domestic on a twenty-four million dollar budget. Was this uh, was this the last hurrah for Macaulay Culkin? I thought it was Richie Rich. I thought that was the one that sort of 
I think put the nail R- in the Richie coffin. Rich was later. I don't know if that was the very last one or not. Let's see here. Let's pull up old Macaulay Culkin's IMDb. Other than Home Alone 1 and 2, did he have uh, another? My, my Girl was well-received. I remember that being controversial because he, like, even before I saw the thing, it was like, they killed Macaulay Culkin. How will kids respond to it? <laughs> and as a young movie fan, I'm like, oh, thanks. Appreciate that. That's <laughs> like, a movie where he dies. Uh, uh, good in, son. I was gonna say the good, good son. son. He was in that movie. Um, Richie Rich. Yeah, it was Richie Rich because then it was like he did uh, some music video stuff with Michael Jackson. And oh then, God! Um, then it was Party <laughs> Monster in two thousand three. So, Josh, stop! Don't. I'm sure there was other stuff, but you no. go from music no. videos with Michael Jackson no. to Party Monster in two thousand three. Dude, I am looking at his IMDb and it goes from oh. Richie Rich. Michael Jackson video greatest hits, Sonic wow. Youth Sunday, and Party Monster. We are truly in the darkest timeline of horrible <laughs> things <laughs> happened to that young man. <sighs> Jared, any yes, thoughts? I, I had one thought with you. <laughs> I oh, just, this should be good. Yeah, because <laughs> I remember you telling me a story about you you pranking your dad <laughs> and him going nuts. He like you. I can't remember. You locked him out of the house. Or I locked him out. out of the, I locked him out of the house while he was doing like yard work outside. And that was and that, the, forgot, that was the extent of it. I forgot and started playing Nintendo. <laughs> and I guess he stayed outside a long time, and the Nintendo <laughs> went away. <laughs> the Nintendo no, went to go live, live on the farm. Yeah, you always told us he came in with a baseball bat and. Destroyed the Nintendo. <laughs> well, I'm trying to keep it PG there. Party well, monster. Well, I mean, as long as he didn't take the bat to you, I think that some of our listeners would think that you got your just desserts. <laughs> there was that. There was you another know, story where Jared said that like they had a piano and his dad would be sleeping and Jared would go and just do the little jaws like dong dong. <laughs> dong dong. I don't remember. I don't, I don't even story. remember that one. I might have drank <laughs> that one away. <laughs> I didn't know that Jared was like, you know, little shine boy. Like, <laughs> something was broken when I'm they very took the clever away from her. Yes. Uh, uh, I mean, I, I think this is one that I can safely say I'll never watch again, but 3%, that seems... Uh, a bit low. Uh, yeah, a bit low. Um, I just think that uh, the worst thing I can say about it I'll, I'll bring it back. Let's bring it back to something more topical, more relevant than making a shine reference about Jared's childhood. Um, to me, this was like the crazy rich Asians of kids' movies, where. <laughs> Hear me out, Josh. All right, hold on a second. So, so crazy rich Asians is a big hit. I think last summer, uh, I didn't see it, uh, but I like rom com, so I'm like, I'll get around to that. Like, you know, I, I like like a nice, pleasant movie. It's it's nice that we have a. Uh, cultural sensation that is not you know about how a minority has been oppressed actually it's about how fucking rich and awesome their lives are i'm like great this sounds awesome and i watch it and it's just you know a big piece of shit because it's just it's like scrolling through an instagram feed where i'm like okay they really i mean they aptly advertise it as being like here's a fantasy life you could never have but they forgot like the, the story with it like yeah i see a lot of cool things but you know, I could watch any episode of Entourage and I could see, you know, rich douchebags just running around like doing zany things. <laughs> it started to remind me of that. And I thought that's where it was going 
but Josh hit on that point, and it's far sadder. I thought, okay, this kid's got a million and a half dollar lottery ticket, and what does he do to scratch it off? Please take me to watch the Giants play, and can I go look at fish? Like, You're right. If they made this now, I think it would be more like Crazy Rich Asians, where that kid would. I mean, he'd have his his dad, you know, up to his eyeballs in debt, trying to get his hands on that 1.5 million dollars. He'd be really saying like, "Well, you're going to be rich one day, so go ahead and spend a little bit early on me, like make a down payment on me keeping quiet about this." That's right. Yeah. So that's just a you know long way of saying this is much better than Crazy Rich Asians. I don't get it. I don't get this country. We can all agree on that. I don't really. I don't have anywhere to go for that. I don't. Uh, don't know how to segue. I don't know. I mean, I think uh, in the edit, I'll just leave it hanging there for a while. Then just an awkward clip will play of Jack Nicholson <laughs> as a werewolf. <laughs> a wolf bit me. I don't think so, Will. You weren't there, Will. Not all who are bitten change. There must be something wild within. You've been sleeping all day. How do you feel? I feel uh, good. It is Mexican Independence Day. I never thought I'd meet a good man who looked at me the way you do. You don't know I'm a good man. Are you crazy? No. I'm just marking my territory. We got five new murders. What is there about a full moon? Spader got the promotion. They're laying in bed. She's like, I don't want to keep harping on, but can I say one more thing? He's like, No. <laughs> he just turns the lot out. It's not a really clip. proud moment when I when I uh, watched that scene. I'll try to find that one. I, I have a feeling with stuff like Wolf because I'm you know I'm, I'm not going through like a digital copy and like ripping it onto my like hard drive and then pulling out like a high def audio clip. I'm going to YouTube and like, what do you got? <laughs> Any old clip will do. I'll try to make it make sense on the podcast. <laughs> But on that scene, I'm watching this uh, with my wife, who, you know, she made about half hour, and she thought it was silly, but she's like, you go ahead, and I'm gonna go sleep, you, but you, you continue, don't, she's basically like, don't save this for me, like, I can, I'll imagine what happens to Jack Nicholson as Wolf, like, that's fine. <laughs> We're watching that scene, and he does that, and he's just, yeah, to his wife, no, and then just turns <laughs> out the light, she's like, that reminds me of you, and I mean, I... I have to admit, I got slightly aroused when she said that to me. I'm like, really? I'm like Jack Nicholson? <laughs> I'm that cold? <laughs> yes. You care. This movie, uh, I don't know how I would write my letterbox review because I haven't yet, but I think I would keep it simple and say that it is 
really classy trash is what this is. Like I'm watching this and I'm thinking this is fantastic. Like it's <laughs> it I'm I'm not smart enough as far as analyzing film enough to know exactly what time period he's going for, but it feels far older than 1994. Would you all agree with that? Uh, yeah. Like the look yeah, and feel of it? the concepts mm-hmm. of it, yeah. So I felt like, are they trying to like class up what's kind of like a B-movie premise? And I'm like reading about this, and apparently Jack Nicholson was trying to get this film made for like 10 years, and it's, <laughs> I mean, it's the you know thinnest of threads of plotline. It is basically Jack Nicholson gets bitten and turns into a werewolf. Like, I, I don't know what about the story other than that, other than him just, like, I always wanted to be a werewolf. Like, there's nothing there where it's, like, you know, really intricate look at the mythology. Uh, but I just, I felt like, and Josh, you've seen some De Palma movies. I felt like it was, like, like that, but mm-hmm. maybe not, maybe a little more palatable, not as trashy as, like, a De Palma movie from, like, the 70s, or early 80s. No, because they didn't, I mean, especially if you're if you're talking about, quote-unquote, trashy elements um it doesn't like oversex anything or and even the violence in it is pretty tame you know it, really like there's not much grappling. violence in it actually huh? both both the sex the sex and violence is just like you see some grappling and then it like cuts yeah. away that's, yeah. that's yeah. the extent of it pretty much yeah so i i agree with that um hold on one second my stupid dog i left the door open so he could come in but I think he wants me to greet him inside, like a vampire. I have to welcome him inside before he comes back. Brody knows that we're speaking of the wolf. I'll say he had a well-timed uh, howl yeah. there. Yeah. I was correct. My very intelligent Catahoula leopard hound had his head and his front paws inside the back door inside the house, mm-hmm. leaning in through the open doorway, but was waiting for me to come I'm here. him and then <laughs> I'm shut here. the door behind him. <laughs> All right, very polite. Um, okay, I'm, I'll kick it. On, on that note, Josh, I'm going to kick it to Jared. Not trashy enough for you, or uh, was this just enough Jack to to do it for you? Well, it's plenty enough Jack uh, to do it for anybody. Him and his uh, old Wolverine <laughs> get up practical effect. Like the, the come, on, yeah. like the come on, button chops. Wolverine, come on, Jerry. Wolf. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, just him hulking out in the fucking barn, freaking out the horses. You know, it's like checking every box I got. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought when I was watching. I was like, okay, he terrifying horses. He hates James Spader. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> really, who goes, would not like is is James Spader? God. Is this like the scummiest scumbag you've ever seen yeah. in a movie? Yeah, it's, like from minute one, from second one. It's like he leaks just, oil out of his skin. Like he's so like slimy and disgusting. The way he just his voice and the way he looks. It's not that it gets worse. It's not that he's the most evil character. It's the fact that he he's all those things, but is so like buddy buddy and like everything what do you want me to do jack you know well like- he looks so so boyish and yeah. uh but he gets worse when he gets the uh when he gets a spoiler alert for wolf which is this one you ought to check out but there's really not much in the way that you could spoil here just no. go along for the ride but when he gets bit and spader gets the like the wolf eyes <laughs> 10 times worse i mean he looks <laughs> he looks like the biggest pervert to ever <laughs> grace the silver screen <laughs> And he talks like one too. Like, it doesn't help that he's like licking Pfeiffer's ear, like as he's talking to her. For, I like, believe he uh, smells her vagina as well yeah, in that same sequence. Yeah. 
just terrible. And you know what? Uh, credit to her character. I, I was also reading that they, I guess they tried to like make her character. I don't know. It, it sounds like very like underworld or something very stupid. Like she was going to be some sort of like doctor or scientist or something or like a veterinarian where she was going to like know more about like what was happening to these people as if a damn vet or doctor would be like, well, obviously he's a werewolf <laughs> now. This has never happened in the history of man, but I know because I know things about animals and humans. <laughs> and I think it was Pfeiffer's like, no, that's, that's fine. Just leave it simple. But I mean, she's, she's not really a damsel in distress in this movie because she actually does the smart things you would want a character in a horror movie do. When she sees this guy with freaky yeah. eyes smelling her crotch, she's like, I think I know what's happening to him too. I think I'm gonna get away from this man. Or maybe she doesn't, and it's just that it's James Spader, and she's like, nope, no part of that. <laughs> it's like it's like that Simpsons clip where the the Halloween episode where everybody's zombies, and uh, it's zombie Flanders coming across the lawn, this. and Homer shoots him, and Bart goes, "Dad, you just shot zombie Flanders," and goes, "Zombie." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, James Spader. Everybody runs from James Spader. I just wonder if there was maybe uh, not enough uh, sex for uh, Jared here. There's a weird like a adultery <laughs> subplot which I love, which gets it gets some pretty good Jack zingers and some humor there. It just the culmination of the whole movie like it cracks me the fuck up. It's so bonkers that I could imagine somebody pitching the final scene. I don't even know what James Spader's intention is with what he does he's trying to rape michelle pfeiffer in front of jack nicholson like i don't know what his end game is <laughs> I, well i mean in keeping with the uh, mythology he is also trying to do it doggy style i think that when they're <laughs> grappling no seriously like i'm watching this i'm like is that like the joke of this because when she like is grappling and gets on her back like and then she's just fighting for her life he's like insistent <laughs> And like Jared said, it's like, no, this has to happen in front of Jack Nicholson. It doesn't matter unless it happens it in front of Jack so Nicholson. It gets so weird. Like, it gets slow-mo, and it's like, cuts to Jack's face. He's like, <laughs> and then it cuts back to them, like, wrestling on the ground. I'm like, what the fuck am I watching? Can you imagine reading through that at a table was, with someone? Right, let me reiterate. This was Jack Nicholson's passion project for over a decade to get this right. Well, here's, an, here's another piece of trivia, the icing on the cake, is... They had to reshoot like the the whole third act because apparently initially it was terrible. You got like really bad uh Man viewing. I'd love stuff, to so. have the uh you know a lot of nerds want the Snyder Cut Justice League. That's what I want. I want the alternate version. <laughs> <laughs> I even started looking at crazier. Like, what is the what is the price on this? I want this one in my collection. You know, getting even dad, I'll never watch it again. I've done it for podcast penance, but Wolf, I truly believe we have found <laughs> A classic that is not being appreciated. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, I could throw this on in the background, like, just what Jared's talking about. Not, it's terrible to say an attempted rape sequence is fun slash funny, <laughs> but it's, it's... We are dealing with werewolves here. <laughs> <laughs> Dogmen attempting to do this. <laughs> One in a cage, slobbering. <laughs> I, I don't... I don't know. I just I, The whole concept, when I was... I was thinking about what I wanted to say about it this evening. I was like, I, I just, I can't get over the fact that somebody pitched this and actually got away with the, the budget to make it. It's like, okay, two <laughs> editors. Okay. It's real easy, two, Jared. It was two Jack editors who pitched it. I was saying, two editors at <laughs> yeah, a publishing Yeah, the book house. publishing world. That's, uh, this, uh, <laughs> two werewolves two battled werewolves out. Two werewolves fighting over an editor's job. <laughs> <laughs> a so, book publishing So out. absurd. Uh, but uh, Christopher Plummer, that. very good here also. Uh, I think he does a little bit more, kind of like Michelle Pfeiffer with a fairly thankless part. 
Like he's he's the you know the bad rich guy that fires Jack Nicholson, and James Spader is the young buck that's going to take his job. But he he seems I don't know if it's like meta. He seems bemused by the entire plot line, like everything that's coming his way. He has like a smirk on his face. Well, it's all he's fun like, for well, the rich guy. It's like oh, fight, fight for it. Then that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> just you know, just like and I'm in a movie. I'm getting paid. Or Jack Nicholson's gonna Hulk out and turn to a werewolf, and he's gonna piss on James Spader. And this is, it ain't life grand. Like, I don't know. I, there, there's. It's one of those like to go back to Letterbox. I'm very tempted to just give this five stars because I'm like, what, what do I want? What more do I want from it other than <laughs> more could you other than maybe for? gratuitous nudity <laughs> from both parties on Jack Nicholson <laughs> and Michelle Pfeiffer? Just <laughs> 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 and the, one of those really disgusting and uh, I guess incredibly hairy sex sequences with lots of like <laughs> howling and I mean maybe that would have been a little bit over the line where people in 1994 have been well, like, what has happened to Jack I Nicholson? Mean, when but, the Bram Stokers come out there, that's pretty much a scene with a fucking wolf, you know, 92. Yeah. There's a wolf raping, a raping woman, a right? redheaded woman, right? Yeah. Why don't a writer witnesses it? Yeah. I don't think she's, eh, yeah, you're right. I don't know. It's, it's like if, uh, that's a good way to explain it, Jared. If if Bram Stoker's Dracula is just a bit too much for you, mm-hmm. you can take it down a notch, and you get a little bit of the craziness with Wolf, and it doesn't. I guess it never goes completely over the line. You no. know, we, we were uh, last episode when we were talking about the Mummy. We were talking about it being like they were trying to tap into the old Universal monsters and and do a uh, a new take on it. I think this Wolf movie. It sells more at like being an entertaining movie of like kind of, kind of recapturing the elements of the old character, but like just doing something different with it. Because uh, you know, talking about like the underworld stuff, there's just a lot of really generic vampire and werewolf stuff well, out there that's just stupid. And even, uh, yeah, go ahead. Even the Benicio del Toro and uh, Anthony Hopkins one, I remember hating that one. Mm-hmm. They, they I thought about rewatching that, like, it, Jared. Victorian era, and yeah. still couldn't get it right. I remember you and I watching that one together, and we can't. <laughs> we were like, you know, we were big Benicio fans, mm-hmm. and uh, I think Emily Blunt was in it as well. And it's just like, hey, Benicio's going to be the Wolfman. Can't mess that yeah. up. And then you can't. You're God, fucking boring, <laughs> man. <did>. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, but I actually like was so jazzed about watching Jack Nicholson's Wolf that I'm like, I, I, you know what? Maybe I should give that another go. And I. Actually, uh, I guess thankfully, getting even with Dad took up so much of my time getting through it that that may have uh, that may have calmed me down. Where I'm not quite as like, all right, maybe I just need one Wolf Man in my life, and it's Jack Nicholson. That's it. Uh, you're not going to get over the peak of Jack running through the forest, <laughs> or you know the uh, the fact that when he discovers his wife has slept with James Spader, they don't drag it out to where he's like. I can't believe I've been bested by this fucking twerp. It's just like, he is so disgusted, like the audience, so disgusted mm-hmm. at her like choices in life. That it's like, I don't even want to look at you anymore. Hey, there's Michelle Pfeiffer over there. That's what I, that's what I should be doing. I'm Jack Nicholson. And I, I, I love the movie that <laughs> it's, it's a thankless role, uh, which I read that apparently was going to be played by Mia Farrow, which I, well, would I've loved that <laughs> uh, thankless human being, uh, having her, <laughs> her in there because it's just like, they don't, they do not do the getting even with that. There's no sentimentality with the Jack Nicholson character. His wife cheats on him. <laughs> Done You're with out. that. <laughs> I'm on to Catwoman. Get you, Stuart. 
was great. Great movie. I, uh, Jared, what what this one? Uh, how'd they get treated? Because I, I remember seeing this one as a kid, but I don't really I don't remember it. Uh, actually, that's something we were talking about. This one's kind of been lost as well. No one talks about it anymore. I, I watched it forever ago. I, when I watched it, I remembered certain parts of it, but it's been seriously like fifteen. I remember him pissing years. on Spader. That was like the big thing I remember was him marking his territory. <laughs> the uh, yes, the... both both movies this week featured uh, pissing on some somebody pissing on somebody else's shoes. So nice, nice choice there, Mike. I wish I could Did that claim purpose, that as purposeful, sure. but no, absolutely not. <laughs> you might not be happy with the numbers. 60% from the critics. You know, okay, three out of five. It's better than three. 42% from the audience. We just we don't deserve nice things. You know, people wonder why the country is in the state it is. I think it starts 25 years ago. <laughs> the rejection of Jack Nicholson as Wolf. God, this was great. So it, good. It uh, it did sixty five million domestic uh, on a seventy million dollar budget. It mm. made around fifty or sixty, I think, uh, foreign. So it probably made money, but not a whole lot. That's just sad. You did um, did the ending subvert either of your all's expectations in terms of like? I kind of thought they were to a, up to a point. I thought they were playing up that maybe there was going to be a reveal that uh, Michelle Pfeiffer was the wolf that bit him at, in the beginning i felt that too uh because it you know she seems to roll with the punches quite mm-hmm. a bit but then it gets to a point well, I mean, where obviously she doesn't understand or she's freaking out about what she's well, saying but it, okay let's uh spoiler alert you know for the very end i guess of wolf so we're gonna <laughs> go over that no josh wants to go into his uh, theory craft mode here but <laughs> i'll throw that uh throw that softball back to you uh we'll start we'll start with jared first and we'll let josh extrapolate on it because I had that same thought. Like, wait, is she the the wolf that, you know, is that why she's rejected all previous men in her life? You know, that she says that they're too tame for her. You know, she makes allusions to sort of walk on the wild side. Uh, she accepts all of his zaniness, zaniness. She accepts that he is turning into a werewolf pretty quickly. But the one time she freaks out is when she thinks that maybe Jack went and killed his wife in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. Even as a werewolf, is that acceptable to freak out? Because I'm thinking maybe she, maybe she was the wolf, but it was the murder that she uh, she was freaking out about. Not that he was a werewolf. Well, I, I see your point in that maybe she thought that the game got out of her hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, things got um, off the rails, so to speak, and she was kind of losing control over him, etc. I, I uh, it is interesting though that I didn't have that thought. I just thought that she was just like freaked out. Uh, that he was that she was like actually putting the dots together i never actually considered that she would uh be the uh patient zero for lack of a look baby time. i'm cool with you being a beast but you know there are rules here and we don't <laughs> <laughs> we don't kill our uh you know you wives we're separated the, uh, from werewolf fight club rules to me right but then josh okay so yeah what is the reasoning that we uh have her eyes you know she's just been is the movie just saying she's been like bitten at some point during the maybe the grappling? <laughs> Lycanthropy I, is an STD. I, yeah, the attempted doggy style that she was really fighting. <laughs> well, she didn't have sex with Jack. They said something. It could be one of two things. Either I, I certainly think that what happened was, you know, we see him fully turning into the wolf there at the end, uh, and then it's obviously alluding to the fact that she is. Um, starting to change into one it's either that we're just supposed to be led to believe that in that quick downtime between when we last saw them and then that scene that he willfully bit her or yeah maybe she was bit but the uh 
the he says he can do a lot without his hands, Josh. He did. He did. Um, but no, I'm, I'm the scene with the uh, the the doc, not the real doctor, but like the uh, like the, the tribesman. Yeah, the shaman. Thank you. Um, he tells them that not everybody has to even be bitten to turn into one, according to like the lore. But like, oh yeah, had the spirit of the wolf. And like the right circumstances, and I guess and stuff, it could bring it out. So maybe like what you were talking about, where they were alluding to her always being on the wild side and and all that. Maybe it was like uh, <laughs> that sweet passion with Jack Nicholson. Maybe that just brought it on out, and she became one too. I don't know. I also read that uh, I guess in that final shot, she's supposed to be wearing like a red uh, hooded sweatshirt, so like red riding hood. Uh, oh, oh that <laughs> and she told okay. Mike Nichols, yeah. the director, like. Uh, no way. I'm not doing that. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, I also wonder if that's what you were saying, Josh, uh, if maybe that last little bit, just focusing on her eyes, like having that sort of wolf-like color to them, if that was maybe just, they just like, we need to punch up the ending in some way. So that's just something they added without too much thought. Like they don't want you to think about it too much. It's what just like, that's their version of a happy ending. I don't right, know. Right. I think so. I did. I dug it. I liked it. Jared, good pick. Mm-hmm. I was uh, I was thinking there. Thank God, Marv Albert isn't werewolf. <laughs> Jesus, Jared, <laughs> you're really getting back to 25 years ago <laughs> when the biggest pervert we had to worry about in entertainment was Marv Albert <laughs> biting women during sex. <laughs> and uh, let's roll a clip. <laughs> uh, NBA on NBC music will play us out this week. <laughs> All right, it's the part of the show where I usually tell you, gentlemen, uh, here are your choices. Uh, I'm not giving oh. you any choices this week. Oh. No choices. No Saul moment. You're just going to kill us. That, that means, yeah, that means that he just has strict punishment lined out. Mm-hmm. Game uh, you both shut up. Uh, what I pre- okay, here, yes, here's Dr. what I previously Forster. had. <laughs> I previously had, and I just, you know, after getting even with that, I'm just like, we don't need any more kids. No more I had kids uh, movies, yeah. Pixar's Brave, I think it's the seven-year anniversary uh, and something called grassroots. <laughs> <laughs> trying to be serious here, and is Josh pulling up a picture of Michelle Pfeiffer with wolf eyes? No, it's Wolfman Jack smiling. <laughs> Thank God, I, I don't even want to see you getting in with Dad. Probably Macaulay Culkin <laughs> lip syncing "Do You Love Me" to oh his father. Oh my God! Ooh, that was that was. I'm glad we didn't really touch on that because I. <laughs> That was one of those times in the movie where I had to stop, and it was hard to get through. You know what I thought of? <laughs> I thought of, like... Yes, dude. <laughs> I, I, I thought it was, like, Tony Soprano would not put up with this kid. Tony Soprano would have beat the shit out of this kid. Well, he put up a lot from AJ, but AJ never directly... Well, AJ never stole $1.5 million from him. <laughs> I said he would have killed him. Well, with AJ, wouldn't have gotten that far. Well, no, he would have cried and went to his room, but... I mean, there are many differences, Jerry, between James Gandolfini and Ted Danson, but there's one of them. <laughs> Discipline when it comes to children. Uh, yeah, it was going to be Brave and something called Grassroots, which I didn't bother looking up, but I assume it's gonna, it would be something like Coastlines. It would be terrible. So I'm going to go with uh, two films I've already seen before. Oh, uh, cheating, are you? Three-year anniversary, and it, this is going to please both of you. Okay. I've got one for each. All right. Oh, what stupid film is it for me? Jared, Jared. stream release for you is Blake Lively versus Sharks in the Shallows. Oh, 
I like shorts. Nah, I think you like something else. I like <laughs> And Josh, the uh, forgotten film, although very popular among cinephiles that summer, was The Neon Demon. Oh, yeah. Okay. There we go. All right. Lots to talk about there. So, better than Brave. Which Brave? Right. Zoom in, Josh. Zoom in on his chest here. There. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? It actually kind of looks like watching the movie Wolf. The way they do those <laughs> zooms. Like, slow zooms. I don't I, I dug it, man. I want to watch it again. Yeah, it was. I, bad that I didn't, we're watching it on Crackle with uh, crappy commercials. Man, like, interrupting the, the same phone. commercials. Over that, those, yeah. those Pepsi commercials were about to kill me. What's his oh, name? James God. Cordon or whatever? Oh, God. God bless. It was kind of like watching a, a porno and the crackle ads with uh, James Corden was like the, the close-up on the dick shot. Like right when you're getting into it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like pull hey, you back there's out. there's some balls slapping. Oh, great. I love seeing like a man's asshole on the back of his nutsack. That's, that's James Corden's voice and face. His voices. Oh, he's tap dancing. Fantastic. 